This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what's going on, podcast fans? How you doing? Welcome to episode number 123 of the Moranalytics podcast. Today's Tuesday. May 28th, I'm doing something different this week. I'm in the process of moving. Uh, We're moving down the Florida coast, just one town down. Not a big deal, but anyone who's moved before, you know how it goes. Just boxes everywhere. So many things going on around me that I, I just, I don't have the time this week to put in the work that's required to produce two brand new episodes like I usually do every Tuesday and Friday. But at the same token, I also feel like it's very important to keep the continuity of this podcast going, to not skip any weeks or even any episodes. So what I've settled on doing for this week only is I'm going to have a little Best of Moranalytics podcast for this week. Volume 1 I'm doing right now today, and I'll do a Volume 2 for Friday's show. More specifically, I'm choosing a few of my favorite interviews that I've done over the first 122 episodes since I launched this show back in February 2018. And I'm going to replay them. In fact, I'm going to replay two of them in their entirety today. It's the same person as well. So for today's episode, I chose my late friend, someone I know many Buffalo Bills fans and NFL fans everywhere. They hold very near and dear to their heart. Ezra Castro, a.k.a. of course, Pancho Bilia. I was blessed to have him on as my guest, not just once, but twice. The first time was in early August of last year, and the second time was about two and a half months later in mid-October. Those were among my favorite interviews that I had ever done, not just because I was so moved and so much in awe of Pancho's fighting spirit, which I totally was, but also because I feel like those interviews are really going to stand the test of time. I mean, who better to tell Pancho Bilia's story than Pancho himself? And throughout these two interviews, if you didn't hear them before, and even if you did, you go back and listen to them, you're going to learn everything that you ever needed to know about Ezra Castro, from how he became a Bills fan in Texas as a kid, which is hilarious, by the way, to his upbringing, his family, how he found out about his illness, and of course, plenty of talk about his beloved Buffalo Bills. I mean... He loved that team as much as anyone I've ever met in my life. And in the second interview, his health was starting to take a turn for the worse, but his spirit was still as strong as ever. Like I said, these are just interviews with Pancho telling his story in his own words that I really think are going to stand the test of time. 
I'm going to play them both in their entirety. So first up is the one from episode number 43 back on August 3rd of 2018. Here it is, Bilia. Okay, my guest today has become one of the most recognizable and popular Buffalo Bills fans in the world. And I mean that quite literally. While battling cancer, he won the hearts of Bills fans and fans everywhere for that matter. And at the NFL draft, that moment happened when he was called up to the stage by Andre Reid to announce a Bills draft pick. He was at training camp last week at St. John's Fisher, where not surprisingly, he was as big an attraction to fans as most of the players. Of course, I'm talking about Ezra Castro, more affectionately known to fans as Pancho Villa. Dude, what is going on? It is a pleasure to finally get to have you on this podcast. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm feeling good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good. It's a, it's a rest week on my treatments, and I am pumped up and feeling pretty good. That's awesome. That's always great news to hear stuff like that. I'll tell you what, Pacho, I want to go back to the beginning and we'll kind of work our way up to, to the present. I, that's kind of like the format I have with my guests. Now, you were born in El Paso, Texas, and you've lived in Dallas now for nearly two decades. So you're a lifelong Texas guy. Now, you have no direct connection to Buffalo or even the state of New York for that matter. Now, I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but for the sake of this podcast and people are probably going to hear your story for the first time, I got to ask it again. How in the world did you ever become a Buffalo Bills fan? <laughs> oh, and everything you just said is so true. I've uh, <laughs> been a Texan my whole life. No relationship to Buffalo. The only relation I had is I, I did eat a lot of wings growing up. Obviously, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, no relationship to New York um, or Buffalo, the city of Buffalo. Um, I became a Bills fan uh, young at a young age. I um, started playing uh, Pee Wee football, and my dad. Uh, I'm, I'm the one of four sons, and I'm the only one that played football. And he said, "You know, you, you got to learn your position. You got to watch the game now. So you got to choose a team here to follow." And um, you know, here I am, six, seven year old. Like, okay, what are the team options here? And uh, of course, my dad, being a big Dallas Cowboy fan, um, wanted me to be a Cowboy fan. But I was like, no, you know, my older brother's already a Cowboy fan. I don't, <laughs> don't want to have to deal with that. And so I, I sort of, um, funny story, I, I, I grew up about 100 yards from the border of Mexico. And every morning when my dad would drop me off at school, I would see the Mexican flag. And I told him, I want a team that has the red, white, and green. And there was no team in the NFL that has those three colors. Right. So I ended up going with um, the American colors, red, white, and blue. And, you know, my dad tossed out um, some names, the Giants, the Bills, and the Patriots. And um, I, I immediately knocked out the Giants. Uh, I, the NY on the helmet wasn't working. And I didn't like the Patriots logo either, so I ended up choosing the Bills. I mean, the Charging Buffalo, you know, it just attracted to me. And I said, I, I love it, you know. And, you know, my dad said, do you know where New York is? I said, nope, I don't care. That's a team I want to follow. And um been a fan since about 1986. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and um, 
again, I was a young kid, you know, and then of course the nineties came around and the Super Bowls, uh, came around and I was so hyped because, you know, I'm a young teenager now and my team's in the Super Bowl and, you know, here we are four years of, uh, of Super Bowl losses that, you know, I had to endure and I made it through and I'm, uh, here I am still cheering them on. <laughs> so I'm in it for life now. Uh, but that's, that's pretty much how I became a Bills fan and my dad, uh, gladly accepted it and he was real supportive of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, he used to take me to the local Bills, uh, bar down in El Paso where there were just a few Bills fans that would watch the game and, he'd sit there for about half the game with me and then uh, we'd end up leaving the game. But um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much a summary of how I became a Buffalo Bills fan in the mid eighties. Well, there's two things that I really take away from that. Number one, I guess the logo meant a lot because, you know, had the Patriots had a cooler logo, we might be talking to Pancho Patriot at this time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If they had a cooler logo, you're right. Yeah. I could have been a, a five-time champion yeah, right now. <laughs> exactly. You know, rub, rub it into my brother's faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the other thing I like but, about, about the, the situation and how you became a fan as well. I like the fact that it was like 1986 when you became a fan. You kind of got in on the ground level because I'm going to tell you, I remember this firsthand. I'm a couple years older than you, but we're roughly, you know, we're on the same era anyway. But then 1984 right. and 85, you picked the right year to become a Bills fan, man, because those teams were two and fourteen both years. They were two and fourteen the two mm-hmm. years before you started becoming a fan. So you kind of got in on that ground level. You weren't a bandwagon hopper. You didn't jump on the team once no. they became great or already were going to Super Bowls. Much respect to you for that. Yeah, and I, I remember my dad telling me too that um, I remember the day when my dad said, "Hey, there's this guy named Jim Kelly who's going to come play for the Bills," and uh, I was like. He's going to be the quarterback. That's awesome. Cool. I hope he does good, you know? Yeah. And hence, you know, Cali's my fave, my favorite all-time Bills uh, of all time. Um, so you're right. It was right at that that time where, you know, um, it was like the perfect timing to just start, you know, circling the wagons with them. And um, here I am yeah, still you know, doing it. And it's pretty cool that your dad is, is a Cowboys fan, but he allowed you to have your Bills and he allowed them – to become your team. You know, my dad, I, I I can't imagine if he was a fan of a different team, he probably would have forced me to like that team and jammed them down my throat my whole <laughs> life until it became second issue. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool that your dad let you have right. Buffalo. Right. And again, I'm the, the, I'm the third born son. So my, my first oldest brother, he was pretty much screwed. I mean, he, he's a Cowboys fan now and <laughs> you know, he had no choice. Yeah. I mean, my dad just raised him a Cowboys fan. And then my second uh, oldest uh, is a Denver Broncos fan. Uh, and then me, I'm the, the Bills fan. And my youngest brother, he sort of had this good relationship with my Broncos brother and they both follow the Broncos now and they're pretty hardcore as well. So you're the um, only Bills so, fan yeah, in the got, family. Um, the only Bills fan in the family, but I tell you what, they they all root, you know, second team now for the Bills. Um, now they they do they they've grown a, a a huge love for the organization, you know, uh, with everything that's been going on. So yeah, that's really cool. You know what? Forget the Bills and the Cowboys. You know, in any specific team for a second, it sounds like football's been a very important part of your life ever since being a little kid. Yeah, it has. Um, I was the only one that played football from six years old up until the end of high school. 
I mean, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic. We don't grow big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that my last game in, in high school was going to be that that's it. There's no more football life after this. So, um, but yeah, I mean, football just, it, it taught me so many life lessons. I had a great high school football coach. who was really good at, you know, uh, getting the best out of us and teaching us just life lessons of, you know, teamwork, um, you know, covering the guy next to you, getting his back, you know, protecting your, your teammates, um, you know, uh, supporting each other. Uh, you know, the, the big famous, there's no I in team, you know, was really huge when I was in high school. Uh, so yeah, football's always been a huge part of my life that, um, it sort of, you know, led into the, you know, the character of Pancho Villa and, and how I, how I started all of that, that, you know, I just said, I, I feel like I got to take this to another level here, you know, and really show my fandomonium for the sport. And of course, for the bills, um, I've been watching football for a long time and, um, I, I love the sport. It's my favorite sport. And, um, you know, I, I don't foresee any time in the future that I'm going to stop watching it at all or supporting it. So, um, yeah, football being yeah. from Texas, you know, unless you're from Texas, you probably can't understand it. Explain to people that is listening. How big is high school football in Texas? I mean, it's like religion down there. Oh, Friday night lights. I mean, yeah, there's, there's teams here in the Dallas Fort Worth area that have their own, um, pro shop, high school wow. pro shops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is. There really is. And it's amazing. And you can actually even become season ticket holders for some of the local high schools in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Wow. Uh, there's some in Houston too that I know it's, it's amazing. Like, why would you be a season ticket holder for a high school football game? Right. <laughs> um, but you, you buy seats and you know, you have that seat. It's yours for the year. And like I said, there's pro shops and um, there's always some type of a, a camp going on here locally. Um, just, you know, Friday nights, the, the bands, the, the, obviously the, the players that, you know, come out of DFW into the college and then hitting into the pros, it's just always been such a, a, a big impact for high school football. And, um, it's, it's fun on Friday nights. You, you can't go to one stadium and not catch a good game because uh, they're all real competitive games, big, big high school kids on the field. And you, you pretty much see the future, you know, of, of football, you know, right here in DFW. Um, I have been to some games in Houston, not many high school games, but um, same down there. Um, that's probably the next biggest to Dallas-Fort Worth is Houston, where all the big players come out of. But, uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights, I mean, that's there's been movies made about it. If you recall Odessa Permian, how they used to just dominate the whole sure. state. And, uh, and Midland, Midland, Texas used to also dominate. So, uh, those are some big boys, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm glad I stopped playing my senior year. Cause there's no way I would have been able to compete against <laughs> any of those kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting. Till, I'm only five, six. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty small. What did you end yeah. up doing after high school? What did you do with yourself when you were done with high school? Uh, so when I was in, when I was done with high school, you know, I went to a little partying phase, um, growing up in a border town. Um, interesting fact, Pancho doesn't drink. So we would go to Mexico and my friends would have a blast just drinking in Mexico. Obviously the drinking age uh, is younger down there. 
And I was always a designated driver. Um, we'd go in my car. I'd make sure my friends had a good time and I'd make sure they got home safe at night every night. Um, I did that, started college. Um, I actually wanted to be on the radio and, uh, that sort of just faded away. And, uh, I ended up in mortuary school, uh, here in Dallas. And that's what brought me to the Dallas Fort Worth area was a mortuary college. And, um, that was in 2001, uh, graduated college and, uh, been practicing mortuary funeral service for 17 years now. What got you interested in that? That's a fascinating field. And you don't talk to too many people who do that. So what got you interested in something like that? Well, um, funny story. I went to a wedding one day and I spoke to a guy to my left and uh, I wish I could remember his name and where he worked, but I, I missed the whole wedding. I spoke to this guy for four hours about the industry and I went home at two in the morning, got on dial up internet, looked up the college, looked up all the credentials you need to get in and everything. And I actually ended up ending it, ending up enrolling that morning, which was like at three thirty in the morning. And two months later I was in mortuary school. I never worked at a funeral home. Uh, the most intriguing part of it was the actual preparation of bodies is what really intrigued me, the embalming part. And it was just something I was like, man, that's like a, a form of art that, you know, I could see myself doing. Um, I've got a pretty good stomach, so it wasn't a matter of, you know, being scared to be around a, a right, body. Right, which is very important, like obviously, sure. Right, very important, exactly. And, you know, I was like, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I want to, if there's anything, I want to be able to say I can embalm a body. And uh, that's what got me into the business. Um, and before I knew it, I, I just grew a love for wanting to help families at the time of need, you know, the worst time of need. Sure. And um, I mean, you, you got to know how to speak to them at, I mean, at three, four in the morning, if they give you a call, you know, uh, obviously we can't schedule death and we get calls at all all times of the day. Um, I don't know. I just, I knew I had it in me to be able to stay composed, how to emotionally separate myself from what I'm doing um, and where I'm at with the families and, uh, you know, just helping them out, making sure that, you know, the celebration of life is is done correctly. There's, there's a lot of details that go into it. And, um, you know, that hug at the end of the services is what, what makes it all worth it. And, uh, I, I praise my, my embalming skills. I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. And so when the body looks good, everything else is going to go perfect. And, um, was know, that a it's, process it's, for you? Just, was it a process for you, you know, learning to do that? And, uh, not, not so much learning to do it because of course that part's a process, but being more comfortable, you know, being able to comfort people and talk to them at, you know, literally the worst times of their life. That's a lot easier said than done. Was it a process for you it learning is. to become comfortable doing that? It was. It was. And like I said, because I, I didn't go into the industry to talk to families. I went in there wanting to prep bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm in mortuary school and they say, okay, let's start talking about, you know, uh, state regulations that you have to tell families and how you're going to collect the funds, you know, that are going to be owed to you and, merchandising and things like that. It, I sort of had to 
you know, follow my boss and, you know, follow his lead for about a few months and learn how to really talk to families and make them feel comfortable and say the right things too. Um, it, it was, it was a very difficult process to learn. It, it's, it's not something that I think everybody can do. And, you know, you say one wrong thing, the family can easily just take it the opposite way and, and think of it bad. And, um, one really important thing is like when the phone rings, if you can, if you can talk to a family over the phone, more than likely they're going to choose your firm to hold the services. Right. If you lose them on the phone, you you'll probably never hear back from them again because they'll just call the next XYZ funeral home. So it 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 took a while to get those phone skills, you know, to be able to, you know, someone's calling and they're they're panicking because their 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 grandma just passed away, and here you are, you're, you're telling them how much it's going to cost, what's involved. They're just telling them all these things. And on the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, wait, my grandma just died. That's more important than what you're telling me here. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it was it was the, my first year. My apprenticeship year was really hard getting to learn how to talk to these families. But now, I mean, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the, the whole aspect of it. The embalm. Well, I can't embalm anymore. Um, doctor's orders. But I am still able to visit with families and, and arrange the funerals and, you know, just help them make it a, a memorable experience and, um, you know, make the celebration, you know, what it's worth and what it's worth for the family of how they want to celebrate their loved one's life. Sure. I'm talking to Pancho Billa. Pancho, tell us about your girlfriend and the family that you've started. Oh, my girlfriend. She's She's amazing. Um, I actually went, uh, her name's Veronica, Veronica Borjon. And uh, I actually know her from El Paso. We grew up about six streets from each other. Uh, knew her throughout high school and everything. And she ended up moving to Dallas um, about 2004 or five. And we knew each other. So, you know, she reached out saying, hey, you know, let's, let's all go out. Let's have a good time. And few years passed and we ended up, you know, uh, getting together and, uh, we have two lovely children, Panchito and Panchita. And, uh, and my son is six years old and I've got a daughter who's uh, two and a half. She'll be turning three here pretty soon. Um, you know, and, and we, we all live together here in Dallas and, uh, it's just, uh, it's just been great, you know, um, having a little family and being able to come home and there's someone to come home to. Um, you know, she loves me dearly. She's Poncho's number one supporter. I mean, a lot of super fans can tell you that, you know, if you don't have that right woman or, or male, if you're a female super fan behind you and backing you up doing what you love doing, you know, it's just not going to work. Right. Um, it all starts at home. I mean, she, you know, training camp you know last week it was like honey if you want to go just go you've got the southwest reward points go you know you feel healthy go no questions asked you know um it's uh i, I couldn't ask for a better partner you know to be with me in life and uh and of course she's she's like wonder woman just taking care of me through all my treatments and all that you know uh you know it's pretty pretty hard on her that you know she has to to go through this with me, but she's been, she's been a warrior with it and, uh, you know, handling the kids and taking care of them, making sure they're registered for school and, you know, fed and all that good stuff that comes with it. And, um, 
much, much praise to her. So she'll actually be going with me to the home opener uh, for the Bills game. You know, if my health continues to stay good and uh, nice. um, I don't have any treatment, she'll she'll be attending the game with me because she she wants to. She feels like she's a she's a Cowboys fan. I have to I gotta say that she's a Cowboys fan, and I won't let her be a Bills fan because that's how I met her as a Cowboys yeah, fan. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you know, I say, hey, no, I want to keep the rivalry in the home. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but uh, for sure, our kids are Bills fans. That's a guarantee. Both son and daughter are Bills fans, and uh, she's fine with that. Um, but uh, she she's grown a huge love for the city of Buffalo, the Bills organization, and you know she just feels like she needs to be there to you know thank people in person, you know for for being there for me and supporting me and all the prayers. And um, but yeah, that's that's our family. You know we uh, you know we love hanging out at the park with the kids and uh, you know doing school activities. You know taking the kids out play video games, things like that. Um, she loves to cook. She's a great cook. Uh, I don't, I don't know how much, that why matters. I'm not any bigger than I already am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that matters. She's a great cook sure. And, uh, yeah, she can, she's getting the wings down. She's getting them down pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, much praise to her. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just blessed with our, our children. Now, when and how did you first find out that you had cancer and, when you did find out, what were your initial reactions? Like, how did you handle it? And mentally, I'm talking about initially. Right. Um, so it all started last year when I was actually uh, in Atlanta for the Bills in Atlanta game um, in Atlanta. And I woke up and my left arm was just like straight up numb and tingling. And it was it was in pain. And I was like, man, why am I having this pain? And I thought I had a pinched nerve or a you know, uh, a disc or something problem on my spine or, you know, cause I, I was a really fit guy. I work out every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of put it up, put it aside, took some, you know, some painkillers, it went away. Uh, and then I was in New York in November for the bills at jets game. And I was at the statue of Liberty and I'll never forget it. And all of a sudden just my hand went completely numb and tingly and it hurt real bad. I mean, I'm talking, my whole hand was just in so much pain. Wow. And, uh, she said, you know, let's, let's get you to a hospital here in New York. And I was like, I ain't going to a hospital in New York. I mean, (laughs) I was like, no, we're, we're one day away from going home. I was like, I don't want to be stuck in a hospital in New York. I have to cancel flights and all of that, you know, and took some extra pain pills and, uh, and ended up coming home, went to visit my family doctor. He ordered an MRI and um, called me back the next day and said, you know, I got to, I got to see you. We got to talk. And uh, the MRI revealed that I had a huge mass sitting on my C7 and T1 on my vertebrae spine. And, uh, you know, um, he didn't, he told me it could possibly be cancer, but, you know, he was going to send me to a specialist. And, uh, oh gosh, you know, I mean, even just the word of it could be cancer. I mean, that's, it's terrifying. And and I wish it on nobody, not even my worst enemy. And then, and I don't have any enemies. And if I ever did, I would, I don't wish those words on them. Um, you know, I saw the specialist and, you know, he ordered a biopsy. Um, well, he actually ordered a, a, a PET scan. Um, and they sent me to do that. And, that's where the bad news really came in. They, they ended up finding several other 
similar lesions throughout my body and uh, did a biopsy and, you know, did the blood work that goes with that. And uh, sure enough, um, you know, they, they told me I was diagnosed with cancer and uh, they broke it down and they said, well, now we just we got to find it, you know, where it's originating from. Um, but even the doctor was real honest with me. He said, you know, something that possibly started in your abdominal area should not be on your spine. Yeah. And how does something get from there to, you know, to the back, you know? And, uh, so, you know, it, um, it just went, you know, when the oncologist actually told me, you know, they had cancer, it, I, I'll admit I was down for, you know, a minute or two. I mean, anybody's going to be naturally. down and, uh, yeah. naturally. Yeah. That's a natural, I mean, your, your whole life just goes through, you know, through your mind. I mean, my kids were in my mind. My girlfriend was in my mind. Uh, both my parents are still with us and they went through my mind. And I mean, just everything work, you know, like, I mean, every, I got to get an oil change on my car went through my mind. I've got so much to do that you can't be telling me this right now. Right. Um, and you know, he just, uh, you know, after about two, three minutes of, you know, just a few tears here and there. And, you know, I just, um, I said, Hey doc, well, let's get to it. What do we got to do? What's, what's the next step? You know, uh, um, I'm here and I, I'm here with you and uh, I feel that God placed me to be here with you and I'm going to take your orders, whatever you tell me to do, you know? And, uh, sure enough, you know, I ended up getting diagnosed with, uh, it's, it's really long. It took me a mouthful. It took me a few days to get it, but it's a uh, stage four metastatic adenocarcinoma of the biliary pancreatic. And, um, the funny thing is though, I know pancreas, you know, pancreatic cancer is not a good cancer, but my pancreas keeps coming back as very clean on all my CT scans that I've been having lately. So mm. they still haven't really found the origination of where it started, but, um, it's pretty much spread out throughout my body. I've got lesions on my liver, lungs, and lymph nodes. Um, and that is obviously suspecting through the lymph nodes is how I got to my spine. Um, uh, in the first process, he said, well, the first thing we got to do is take care of your spine because if your spine bone cracks, which I ended up having a fracture on one of my bones because it had eaten into my bone so much, it fractured one of my vertebrae bones. Um, they said, well, you, you got to have surgery. We got to get that mass cleaned up. We're going to replace two bones on your vertebrae. You're going to have 10 screws and a mesh holding your vertebrae together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy surgery. And, uh, it lasted about 10 hours, 10 hour surgery. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that happened in December and two days before the surgery is when I decided that, you know, I said, family supports the best, but I said, you know, Pancho has a good little following. And I said, I need to let my fans know, you know, I just, you know, it's something that, you know, Hey, I'm Pancho. I'm going to let them know what's going on. And, um, the more prayers, the the better. And that's when I made a post and a tweet and I mean, man, it just, it blew up from there. And, um, but yeah, as far as the, the cancer, that, that's, that's pretty much a summary of how it all came down about. And, um, I'm glad to say now my spine is clean as of February through, uh, I did two weeks of radiation and that helped that. Um, so now I'm just taking care of the the front part of me now, you know, the intestinal tract and all that with chemotherapy. And, uh, I just wrapped up number 12 and I'm, I'm due for August 6th for number 13. 
uh, treatments, uh, chemo treatment. Well, you know, Pancho, I'll tell you, man, we, you know, we grow up, our parents, they raise us to, uh, you know, treat each day as a blessing and never take anything for granted. And when in reality as kids or even young adults, we hear that and we in fact do take things for granted. When something like that happens, you know, something like this happens to another person that, you know, whether it's yourself or someone that you love, you really truly understand what it's like to, and I'm sure you understand this better than anyone now is you probably don't take anything for granted anymore. You don't take a day for granted, a moment, anything for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I mean, even, even being patient, some people, you know, are so impatient. I mean, I'm the most patient person now. I mean, it, it, little things like that, that, you know, I used to get impatient for a while, but now it's like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm breathing. I'm here. Take as long as you want. <laughs> you know, I ain't got nowhere else to go. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You take your time. Um, you know, it's a good point you say, cause I, I refer back to my parents, you know, and you think about everything your parents want to teach you, you know, you learn, you remind yourself about the yes, man, no, man, right. Learn to respect others. You know, you, I go into a clinic and these people are trying to save my life. I mean, you know, what, what more greater respect can you give them than, you know, being patient, giving them the respect they deserve. And, you know, giving them hugs, giving them high fives when they do a good job and when they take good care of you. And, uh, you know, those are values that, you know, parents, you know, want to teach their kids. And it, it sort of reminded me of all that. You know, my dad always said, respect your elders. You know, I have so much respect for my doctor. I mean, he's really trying to, to, to heal me, you know, get me, you know, feeling good. Um, the nurses, they do an outstanding job when they take care of me. Uh, which by the way, they're almost dope stands. I almost have them all converted. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I go in with a poncho mask and I'm always, yeah. I wear it pretty much for most of the chemotherapy. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just those, those little things, you know, um, you know, going back to my girlfriend, you know, those little things that I appreciate more that she does, you know, those little things that, you know, picking up the kids toys in the living room, you know, those little things that she just sure. does that it's like, Hey, thank you. I didn't have to bend down to do it. Cause she knows my back would hurt or, or my neck's not feeling good today or, or I'm just having a bad day, you know, sure. little things like that. I mean, you just, you, you learn to, to, you know, not take it for granted anymore. And, um, it, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's just, uh, Again, like I said, it's, uh, it goes back to the parenting that, you know, they want to bring you up with good good values and good morals. And it's a really eye-opener for me. It really was. Let's talk about the cool stuff now. This is where Pacho Villa became known a lot more than just Buffalo Bills fans. In February, back in February, the Buffalo Bills reached out to you about attending the NFL draft. For our listeners who don't yeah. know, tell the story of how that happened, how you ended up at the draft to begin with. So I'm the president of the Dallas Fort Worth Bills Backers Club. Every major city in the U.S. has a Bills Backers fan club, and mm-hmm. I obviously run the Dallas Fort Worth one. Um, and the draft being in Dallas, you know, they again, I've already been diagnosed and everything, and uh, they reached out to me. They they got my phone number. Well, they have my phone number because I'm the president. It's on the website. 
And they reached out and said, hey, the draft is in Dallas. We want to send you and a couple of the members to the draft. You know, tickets on us. And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Where where, where do I sign here? (laughs) I mean, no no hesitation at all. And, uh, you know, they gave us uh, 50 tickets for the inner circle. And, um, I mean, we represented well, I believe. And, uh, you know, it was a long process. I... The, the funny thing is they, they said, uh, they called me on a Monday and they said, here's a problem, Pancho, is that they call me Pancho, is that you have to dis- distribute the tickets by Wednesday night. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I got 700 members. How am I going to choose 50? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. And so uh, I, I took care of uh, a few people that, you know, I've been with the club for, for years and I'm talking more than 10 years, made sure to give them the opportunity and then we also did a, a raffle within the group to uh, to see who would get win the other tickets, and it worked out just fine. Uh, but that's pretty much, you know, they they just straight up called me and said, "We want to offer you these tickets. You can get T-shirts. Uh, you'll sit in your own bill section, and you'll have someone there in charge of you guys representing, you know, the bills from the bills organization and." I said, we are there. Was it mentioned then about the, you know, the possibility, the potential that you would end up on stage? Did you have any idea beforehand? Uh, well, you know, the hashtag Poncho's pick um, got started uh, through the red pencil tailgate. You know, they started sure, that and yeah. they said, we're going to get Poncho on the stage. Let's do it. Let's, let's, you know, let's start a, a movement here. And when they called me the second time, about, you know, hey, we got your whole list. Thank you for doing it so quick. You know, we'll we'll keep in touch. I just, I was just like, I'm just going to ask. And I asked um, the gentleman I was talking to, his name was Nico. And I was like, Nico, uh, I was like, I'm sure you've seen this Poncho's pick, you know, the Bill's Mafia is trying to get me up on stage. And he told me that it's an NFL production. The Bills have nothing to do with it. They, all they do is pretty much send their draft personnel here Mm-hmm. locally and they have a war room in buffalo they have no say so on who does what and i was like really and he's like he's like nope it's all predetermined the nfl reaches out to us um i mean there was he said you know chances of it happening are pretty slim apparently they're predetermined months in advance and you know it's funny because he was so right. I don't know if you you see like the the SBs and the V Foundation awards and all mm-hmm. that with Jim Kelly. Yeah. One of the bidding one of the bidding items was announce a draft pick for your NFL team if you bid and you won that that auction. And I was like, man, these things are predetermined. And so I was like, well, you know, so be it. But uh, yeah, they they pretty much told me that. Uh, you know, chances of it happening were pretty slim. Someone would contact me if it would happen. And, you know, months went by, nothing ever came a bit of it. And I didn't want to bug them about it. You know, I didn't want to be the one bugging them. And um, not until the day, the second day of the draft, because everybody knows Goodell gets the first round. Right. He calls all those picks. Yeah. And so the second day, of course, the Bills traded away several picks for the second day and we only had one pick on Friday mm-hmm. in the third round. And uh, I asked uh, Megan, the inner circle rep from the bills and about 30 minutes before our pick. And I said, I haven't heard anything. 
have you heard anything about me possibly going up there and calling the pick? And she said, Pancho, there's no way it's not going to happen. They don't even know if Fred or, or Andre's going to call the pick. Cause you know, there's two of them back there. And so right. I said, Hey, that is, that is totally fine. I'm, there's no problem. I'm front row. I mean, I can't ask to be in a better place. I mean, I'm here with, you know, 49 other members of my club who I consider family. We're going to root for the bills no matter what. I am totally fine with it. And, um, man, the rest is history. These two legends come out on the stage and you know, the rest of the story on how all that happened. And I, I was standing on my chair and I can honestly tell you, I mean, I, I still don't remember if I walked or got carried or what <laughs> to the stage. And I know it, it just, it all happened so quick. And before I know it, I'm in front of Fred Jackson and Andre Reed on stage and I turn around and there's, you know, about 30,000 people just staring at me. Well, I'm and, not just, you know, I'm not just saying this, Pancho. I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast right now, which is really cool, but it was, you know, quite literally the highlight of the entire draft. I mean, I legitimately got chills watching and what had happened. I probably, you know, I had the TV with the the live TV where you can rewind it. I probably rewound that moment a dozen times. And I know a lot of other uh, people yeah. did too. You went from, you know, well-known in Buffalo Bill circles to basically everyone in the football world knew who you were. I mean, the emotion on your face, the raw emotion, the reaction on NFL Network from Rich Eisen and Mike Mayock, it was just it was one. Oh, it was yeah. right up there as a Bills fan. I could tell you this as a Bills fan. It was right up there with on New Year's Eve this past year, the locker room when after they beat Miami and had to wait to see if they were going to make the oh, playoffs. Gosh, that yeah. moment and your right. moment at the draft, probably over these last seventeen years, have been the two most positive, defining moments for Buffalo Bills fans anywhere. What does that mean for you to be a part of something you know that's always going to be remembered in such a positive light? You know, Andre Reed messaged me the next day um, on Twitter, and he said, "We we set the standard. We raised the bar yeah, last night." Sure and, did. And he said, "I'm I'm I'm glad I was a part of it. I'm glad you were a part of it." You know, and he, he, I mean, he was so right. Um, it's very rare to you hardly ever see super fans up there. You see regular fans. Yeah, and not not to separate ourselves, but I mean, because some of those fans are longtime season ticket there holders. Is, but there's and, a difference, sure. you know. And yeah, I mean, but you know, those those fans get selected, mm-hmm. you know, to to be up there. That's pre-planned. Mine was just, you know, again, I didn't know. Right, spur of the moment, sure. And yeah, yeah, spur of the moment, and I'll be honest, you know, for a few months before, and I was waiting for that call, and I I sort of practiced it, like okay, you know, Pancho, don't go up there and make a fool of yourself. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't take go, advantage of the don't, microphone. Don't go up there and freeze. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Don't go up there and freeze. You know, if, if, if you get the call, you're going to need to, you know, you know, you want to do it right because you want to give that opportunity for fans in the future to have that same opportunity. And I hope I did. Um, and then that's exactly what I told Andre Reed. I said, I hope that this allows for other any type of fan to have that opportunity to experience what I just did last night. Yeah, and you'll be always connected to Harrison Phillips. That's the guy that you announced with the pick. Oh, I'm assuming he's instantly man. becoming one of your favorite players already. Oh yeah. I and mean, it was 
I'll be honest, it was so hard to tell him that Kyle Williams was my favorite, but I said, but hey, I don't know how much longer Kyle's going to be on the team, but you're right, you're next in line, man. Yeah. You're, yep. you're, you're it. I mean, you're my favorite player, and you haven't even played one snap on the field for <laughs> us. And, you know, I mean, it, it's me and you, brother, and he he's just, he's him and his family have embraced me, and uh, much love to them. They They've reached out to me, and you know, they want to plan dinner with me and all this. And I'm like, no, no, it's not, it's not planning dinner with me. It's me planning dinner with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm the one that's going to be, I'm, I'm, it's my honor to be around you. Not, you know, not me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, Harrison, uh, great guy, um, real tall, big stocky guy. I think he's going to be good for our team and, and take some names this year for sure. But yeah, we've we've built that relationship, and he's he's been really good to you know um, get back to me, um, gave me a huge shout out on my birthday, you know, on Twitter, and sent me a couple of uh, signed items on his behalf, and uh, yeah, it, it's everyone's everyone's told me you know hey, when everyone thinks of Harrison Phillips, they're gonna think of Poncho, and that's that's gonna go through his career with him and there's nothing wrong with that it's awesome and i'm like hey i i'll take it i i love it sure now this past week bill's training camp opened and you were able to make it to say john's fisher for the first few days of camp and it was crazy because you were probably the most popular person there i mean brandon bean and kim bagula <laughs> come right up to you to start chatting several others oh, fans are out there asking for autographs taking selfies with you and stuff like that how's it feel to have this newfound celebrity status like how has that been for you as a man you know to have people to feel that love cancer or no cancer all that stuff aside just right. the popularity and the love that people have for you how does it make you feel Oh man, it, it, I tell you, it makes me feel, um, it makes me feel great inside. It, it's lit a fire in me it, 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 and it's just burning in me and it just pumps me up and, and I'm getting excited right now. Just, you know, thinking of reminiscing those days again, I'm getting excited. Here uh, it makes yeah. me feel good. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, I'm going to, I want to say that it's nothing that I asked for. I didn't, you know, I don't go ask like, Hey, I, I want to meet the Pagulas. I want to meet right. Bean. You know, it's, it's, it's just something that's being offered to me. And when someone gives something to you and you accept it, I mean, that's, it feels so good. And I've given so much to this organization, um, and charities and things like that, that I, I feel like it's balancing out now and, it, and it's coming together. Um, but yeah, it, it makes me feel so good that, um, you know, organization cares, you know, enough about me, but they also care about this this Bill's mafia movement that's going right now. They, the, you know, talking to Kim and Terry, you know, they, they say, we love our fan base. And those were the exact words. We love our fan base. And I said, if you love them, I, I love them to death, you know, cause look what they've done for me. And they both agreed, you know, they both said, you know, I, we've never seen a fan base, you know, support a fan. It's usually you're just supporting a player yeah. or a team. Yep but someone supporting a fan and they they were just amazed of how the city of Buffalo and all the fans have just come and supported someone. And then when they asked me, so what part of New York are you from? And I was like, no, I'm from El Paso, Texas originally. And they're like, what? You know, they were in shock. <laughs> they were like, so you have no relationship to New York. I was like, none. And they're like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, that's what makes it so much more special is that they've accepted me 
from another state, you know, and put me on that, that level. Like you said, I mean, it's a, like a semi-celebrity status that, you know, I've, I'm, I'm getting used to it and, and I love it. And, and it's, and it's cool. And I'll tell you what, I, I give it back. I will take every picture I need to take. I will sign whatever you want me to sign. I've, it took me three and a half months to reply to every message I received after the draft. Um, you know, I, I never turned down to speak to anybody. I mean, I, that's just my way of showing to give it back. Um, you know, the family, families who are going through the same situation as I am, they've reached out to me and here I am mailing a little poncho package, you know, a, a bracelet, some stickers or something that, you know, I just feel I got to give back. I, it's not going to stop me. My illness won't stop me from doing what Poncho always did. And uh, it, it, it just feels good, man. It really does. It, it, it feels, you know, the true definition of love is, 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 uh, is I'm living it. I yeah. really am. And my family sees it too. They, and they appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's really good that you are able to use your, you know, your celebrity status in a positive way. It really is. It's kind of a, two, right. like you said, it's a two way street and it's really good. And it's refreshing to hear about how you use it, how you take time to talk to other people and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, Pacho, every interview I have, I always end it the exact same way and you're no exception. So I'm going to do the same thing with you. I like to have this little mini <laughs> lightning round. Just going to ask you a small handful of like sort of random questions, not too much deep thought required, whatever pops in your mind, whatever feels good saying it, that'll be your answer. All right. Is that cool? Uh, that, that works with me. All right. When you're not watching football, we've talked pretty much about, you know, either being ill or football, this entire interview, when you're not watching football, <laughs> what's your favorite activity to do? Um, spend time with my kids in the backyard, throw that ball around. Um, that's, you know, uh, pretty much what I enjoy doing right now. I mean, my son's six and my daughter's two. They're at that age where they love being outside. And uh, I, I just love doing that. Um, I could say, too, I love watching WWE wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling nice. fan. Uh, I, I, I can watch that. I can watch replays on the WWE network all day. You know, <laughs> back in the old school WWF days. Yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> what. Sure. You're going to be on a future so the podcast. The Kids Are in Bed Network. You're going to be on a future podcast, and we're going to do nothing except talk wrestling. Now, you've, you've been, Oh, I would love that, me man. Me too. I'm, I've been a fan of that since I was like two years old. I mean, old school WWF. Yeah, that's I, a, I love that's that. That's a fun so. fact I wish I knew before we started this. That's okay, though. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk again about that. All right, so now you've been to a lot of cities, okay? Not for games and, you know, just to visit. Not counting Buffalo, because, of course, that would be the answer. What's your favorite city to visit? Um... You know, I would have to say uh, New Orleans was great. New Orleans was really fun. Um, you know, ever since they went through that tragedy with the hurricane, uh, you know, the and I'm pretty sure that people were already like this before that. But when I went, I mean, it was it was like a, a city of brotherly love straight up. Everywhere I went, it was like, welcome to our city. You know, glad you're here. What can we help you with? Um, obviously Bourbon Street, the nightlife was great. It was popping. Um, there was something always to do that. I was, I was never bored in New Orleans, um, uh, real similar to Las Vegas. You can't be bored in Las Vegas. 
um, but yeah, New Orleans was really fun. Uh, I, I'll gladly go back to New Orleans anytime. I can't wait for the bills to go back there, to be honest, cause I'm definitely on the list. Yeah. So New Orleans, um, it was fun. That was great. Tough question here. I'm sure because I know your first answer would be Jim Kelly. So not counting Jim Kelly, who's your personal favorite Buffalo bills player ever after Jimbo. After Jimbo, Bruce Smith. Gotta be Bruce Smith, the big Bruce. <laughs> um, man, just dominated the field. I love seeing him. And um, I love seeing him in the Super Bowl when we played the Cowboys, you know, get after Troy Aikman and, you know, get Emmett Smith. And uh, yeah, then just um, now Bruce, I mean, much love for him. He just, uh, you know, changed changed the whole de- the aspect of defense around, you know, just hard hitting and, um, you know, I, I wish Bruce was playing with, with Tom Brady, you know, where he could just take him out, you know, and <laughs> hit him one time for me. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. No, Bruce Smith. I mean, just, yeah, I got, I got to go with Bruce Smith. And you're right. After Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly's my, my first favorite. Right. All right. Second, last question here. If Twitter were to send you a note and say, listen, Pancho, we got a new policy now. We're only going to allow you to follow one person on Twitter and one person only. Who would it be? Oh, man. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I Person or organization? <laughs> Anything you want. One Twitter uh, handle. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd follow the Buffalo Bills. I okay. Mean, no fans or butts. I mean, yeah, I follow them. The latest news. I mean you know, just, you know, think of all the writers that contribute to the bills. I mean, you get all the bills news you need, you know, um, mm-hmm. faster than the web, their own website uploads, you know, stories and things like that. Uh, I'd, I'd have to choose the Buffalo bills to follow if I only had one Twitter feed that I could do. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. No questions asked. Last question here. Again, the same question I ask everyone, you could have three dinner guests from any era, dead or alive, three people. Who would you have? Oh my gosh. Macho man, Randy Savage, for sure. Okay. Um, I'd have to go with my, uh, favorite female, you know, everybody, every guy has their favorite female, Salma Hayek. Um, and third, um, it's an interesting one. I was raised Mormon. So I would have the prophet Joseph Smith on that table. That's another interesting fact a lot of people don't know. Yeah, Joseph Smith, founder of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Church. Joseph Smith, Salma Hayek, and Macho Man. Boy, that'd be an interesting table. That sure as hell would, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was raised more I was raised Mormon, so um, you know, it'd be cool to, you know, just, you know, uh talk to obviously the the guy who founded the church, helped find the church and Salma Hayek, I mean, what guy doesn't like Salma Hayek? Right. Jeez. And Macho Man, he was my favorite wrestler growing up. I mean, he was my he was my Superman man. I was never into Marvel characters or none of that. It was all Macho Man, Randy Savage. That's all I bled. So definitely, that's a that was a that's a very good question. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's who I would have. I would have those three on the table. Good stuff. That, that man. covers pretty much everything, you know my my hobbies, my entertainment and it's important my, for my people to get to know you i really background. I, yeah i wanted people to get to know you folks poncha villa follow him on twitter at poncha villa one there's also a gofundme page titled poncho power go support that 
Look, man, thanks for your time. Oh, I appreciate that. I've become such mm-hmm. a big fan of yours. This was truly, truly was. It was an honor to have you on this podcast. Thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Viva los bills. All right. That was my first interview with Pancho Bilia. And here is the second, which aired on episode number 63 on October 19th, 2018. Okay. For a second time on this podcast, I'm joined by Buffalo Bills super fan Ezra Castro, better known as Pancho Bilia. This dude is more popular than literally half the players these days. What's going on, Pancho? Thanks for popping on a second time to chat with me. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Now, like I said, this is your second time on this show. For everyone listening who didn't catch the first one, go back to episode 43. We went for a good solid hour, man. We we, we talked about a lot. Oh, we yeah. talked about you know your childhood, how you became a Bills fan, a lot of fun stories on there, so... Again, everyone, if you haven't heard that, go back, listen, episode 43. I just wanted to pop you on here, ask you a few questions, see how you're doing. First and foremost, it's been a few months since we had that interview. How you been feeling lately? Well, um, being very honest, um, the, the, the treatments have really started hitting me, um, you know, but I'm staying strong. Um, I've got a lot of neuropathy now throughout my feet and my hands. Um, I'm losing simple motor skills, man. Just like, you know, buttoning up a shirt when I get ready for work. Um, it takes me a while now to do that. Tying my shoelaces. Um, you know, I can't even, uh, put a, a rubber band on my daughter's hair anymore because my hand functions are just going little by little. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, I started finally, uh, chemo started getting my hair, the hair off kicking in. And, uh, thankfully I shaved my head every day for the last eight years that you know that doesn't matter but the yeah. fact that uh, my beard and my goatee is finally starting to you know fall off and uh you know it's sort of a uh, sort of heartbreaking man it uh <laughs> i got people telling me you're more worried about your beard than your your cancer <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like man it is it, i mean it's it's honest truth i mean I, when you, you start noticing the difference you know in your image it just uh it really hits in and uh um, but you know, besides the neuropathy, I mean, my appetite's still good. I'm still going at it. Um, you know, eating healthy, staying strong as, as best as I can and, uh, um, doing what I got to do, you know, exercise, eating right. And, um, just waking up and get, getting, getting to the day and uh, getting the job done. How's the, the support team been for you? You know, family, close friends, fans. Oh man, it, it's, it's really a truly blessing that it just keeps getting stronger, believe it or not. You know, for a while I thought, you know, um, this, this is great. Those mafias behind me, you know, all these fans from other teams are, you know, reaching out. And I said, you know, one day it's going to be gone, I think. And, um, I regret saying that because it's just, it's getting stronger. Um, more people are reaching out than ever. And, um, it's, it's just amazing, man. I, and I think what really kicked it back up was obviously the football season started again. Sure. So, you know, it sort of, uh, and then I started having the strength to travel to some games. So I started meeting all the people who were sending me messages back in, you know, March, April, May, um, encouraging messages. I'm meeting these people now in person 
And, it, you know, it's just, it feels so good to do that. Um, so, I, I mean, I can honestly say it, it's, it's stronger than it's ever been. The support's there. And I, I, I'm very prayerful that, uh, and thankful that it's, uh, it's still there and it's getting stronger. Now, we talked earlier today before tape, and you mentioned something about CBS Sports being at your house. What, what was that all about? Yeah, so um, CBS Sports actually um, network reached out to me, and uh, they caught wind of my story. And I don't know, I don't know what kind of wind draft got to them, but you know, hey, I'll I'll, I'll take it. And they uh, reached out, and um, yeah, they sort of doing like a short little mini documentary on me. Um, had some camera crews uh, following me this past weekend in Houston. Um, at the the party Saturday night for the Bills, Houston Bills backers party, and at the game on Sunday, and then uh, yeah, they were uh, here at my residence today. They flew in specifically just you know to to do some family interviews here, and uh, not sure when that's going to air, but um, I think it's going to be a great uh, story for them. And uh, again, it's just going to share my story even more um, to those people who it still hasn't reached, you know. Um, there's a whole world out there and whoever's life I can change, I can touch, I can inspire. Um, I'll just sleep better at night knowing that I was able to change or inspire someone, one more person every day, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they caught interest in my story and they reached out and, you know, I, I, I went with it and I'm happy they did. Now we all saw you on TV Sunday before the, uh, Bill's Houston game. Like you said, you were at Houston. Harrison Phillips gave mm-hmm. you a nice hug and your kid and your wife. That'd be a pretty good moment for you. I, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, um, all, you'll always be linked to him forever. I, I know. I was about to say like, man, me and Harrison, we're, we're linked, man. I hope yeah. he doesn't get tired of me. You know, what's funny is that every time I see Harrison, I'm always masked up as Poncho. Um, you know, it's like, when am I going to see this guy when I'm not dressed as Poncho? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, but no, uh, Harrison, you know, I'm glad he gave us that, you know, 60 seconds that he did. I know right before the, the game and, um, you know, he didn't have to do that. And I mean, the guy did, you know, and that, that just speaks volumes and, uh, it means a lot to us. Um, he was able to meet my girlfriend. He was able to meet my two kids. My son was a little starstruck. He, he really couldn't believe that, you know, he was, you know, a football player was sure. right in front of him, a Bills player, big guy, you know, like, it was like, if you could zoom into his eyes, he was just so like wide open, like, wow, this is like really in front of me. And the first thing he turned around and said to me was like, dad, I can't wait to tell my teacher at school. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so, uh, yeah, it was quite the moment. And, um, you know, Harrison and our relationship, you know, just keeps growing. I, I know his family very well now because, they travel well and they love going to these bills parties that the backers are hosting. And so every time I'm, I'm at these parties, I see them and I, I go up to them and we give each other big hugs and, you know, we talk a little bit and, um, and I know they get swamped too. So, you know, I don't want to take up too much of their time, but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're a good, uh, good connection, good, good family vibes there. And, um, uh, again, it's just another blessing, man. Yeah. That, that, that really is. That's so cool. Now, you mentioned that football season, it kind of gives you a little bit of strength. Now, this Houston game wasn't the only game that you've been to this year. What other games have you been to so far? Uh, well, I made the home opener, and, you know, that was one of the first 
games that uh, when I got diagnosed, that that was my goal. Um, was I'm gonna be at the home opener, and I, yep, I made I that. that. And yep, that was that was crazy, man. There was so many people I met. Um, I'm glad I was able to go there because again, I was able to thank so many people in person. I was able to thank the whole Red Pinto tailgate, you know, um, for everything they've done. You know, that's my tailgating home. Um, so that was awesome. Um, the game, not so much, but you know, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> no. uh, either way, I mean, just being in the fans, you know, with the fans down there in the lower bowl, you know, surrounded oh, sure. by Bills Mafia, that's always great. I mean, it's always the, the best experience. So I made the home opener. Um, I was actually sponsored uh, by a friend of mine from Tampa Bay, Bills Backers, and she, um, Denise Tavern, she pretty much sponsored my whole trip to Minnesota um, and, you know, got my airfare, game ticket. And so it wasn't on my list to go to, but I mean, you know, when she said, Pancho, I want you to be there with us and with me and my family, I said, if if treatments allow it, I'll, I'll go there, you know? And so thankfully it happened and had a great time, had a great, it was probably one of the best Bills games I've ever been to. I was going to say, that was a good game to be at, man. Oh, man, that was an awesome game to be at. Jeez, yeah, it was so awesome. Uh, So I made the Vikings game, had a good time there, and then, um, you know, everybody knows, can I say that I don't live in Buffalo? Everybody thinks I live in Buffalo. (laughs) I don't. I live in Dallas. Right. I know. (laughs) I still get messages to to this day saying, you know, hey, can I take you out to dinner tonight? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, where do you live in Buffalo? I'm like, I don't. (laughs) You know. So, um, but going back to me living in Dallas, uh, Houston, you know, it's just a short south drive down the freeway, so it's about three and a half hours. So I was able to make the Houston game. And, uh, I did that. And then, uh, believe it or not, um, I'll be in Indianapolis this weekend. That's great. Uh, for the indie game. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I'm going to Indy is because that's the only stadium on the schedule this year that I haven't been to yet this year. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the, the teams that were playing on the away games. Yeah. So home opener and Indianapolis were for sure on my to go to, and of course, Houston, um, uh, since it's so you know, so close, but Indy's the only stadium I haven't been to this on the schedule this year. Hmm. Uh, so I've got to knock it out after this one. I'll have seven stadiums left to, to knock out and, uh, you'll get hopefully there. I'm around to do it, man. You'll get there. Yeah, man. You're going to get uh, there. I, I, hashtag goals, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. Put, let's put aside for a second, any fandom, let's put aside even the illness for a minute. Okay. Let's just talk sure. football for a second here. How do you feel oh, about yeah. the direction that you, I mean, the bills are your team. How do you feel about the direction that they appear to be headed in right now? Because I mean, this defense is elite. If they're not the best, they're one of the top handful of best defenses at this point, in my opinion, anyway, in the NFL, but this offense, I mean, they can't get out of their own way. Uh, how do you feel oh, generally gosh. speaking about your team right now? Well, um, here's the thing, you know, when, when they announced that, you know, Josh Allen was going to take over um, week two, um, I knew it was going to be a, a rebuilding season. I, I almost felt that at the beginning of the season, to be honest. And, uh, I, I mean, unfortunately the injury came at a really bad time, I think, cause I think Josh was, you know, getting the flow of things and he was, he was doing good. And, um, but 
our defense is what was really helping him, I think, get him better. Our defense is stout, man. I love it. Oh, I yeah. love it when the defense is on the field. I mean, speaking futuristic, I'm a little bit worried about next year, though, because we got a lot of players on there that, you know, Kyle Williams may not be there next year. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed for Lorenzo to be there next year, you McCoy. know. So yeah, a lot I'm of hoping guys. That, yeah, so I'm hoping that, you know, this year is just not wasted. And then, like, we're back to square one again next year. And so um, I'm hoping the offense gets it together. Uh, I don't know if Anderson will give us a spark or not. We'll find out. Um, Peterman, uh, bless the man, you know. I mean, hey, to be in the, the pro level, you have to be somebody, you know. You have to be good at something. I don't think they, they just found it yet. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, not every player makes the NFL. Peterman got there somehow, some way. And so there's something there special with him. Maybe we're just not the right team for him. Right. Um, but I mean, as far as the team, you know, I'm, I'm taking it week by week. Uh, I'm really hoping there's no more injuries and I'm hoping the, the, the team doesn't give up on the coaching staff. I'm hoping the coaching staff doesn't lose the locker room. I'm hoping they can really stick together and, you know, pull it out, get a few more wins. Um, the division is within reach. I mean, it's a tight division race. If you look at it, there's still a lot of football to play. Sure. Um, so hopefully our defense stays healthy and helps the offense out, you know, to, to get to the next couple of games. And Hey, if, if Anderson, you know, comes on and does well for us, I mean, there's no reason not to keep him in. I mean, it's just another guy that, you know, Allen hey, what do they, what do they got to lose on offense? From. Yeah. What do they got to lose on yeah, offense? What do they got right to now? Lose I mean, it? maybe, maybe somehow, some way he gives them a spark. Let me ask you one more bills question, Pancho. And I, you're the last person that I would ever expect to be critical of other Bills fans, but here's a reality. It seems like mm-hmm. it seems like everyone is always looking to the future when it comes to Buffalo Bills and even Buffalo Sabres. You can add them as well. It's like, well, what about the present? You know, everyone on Monday morning after this loss at Houston, everyone's just talking about Allen or Peterman and this and that. Nobody's really complaining that the Bills blew a game that they should have won. They win that game. Hey, you're three and three. You got a winnable game against the Colts. You got a more favorable second half of the schedule after the New England game right. near Halloween. It's like, are, right. aren't you bothered that? Forget about next year or the year after. Right now, the Bills should be three and three. And it just seems like no one's really seems to be bothered about that. And that bothers me right. thinking about that. Oh, trust me, it bothers me. Sometimes I have to put my phone down to not even read, you know, comments and posts and things like that on social media. Cause it's just like, I mean, we were so close on that game, you know, and yeah, there's other, there's other ways that we could have won it. There was a fumble that we could have recovered with like two and a half minutes left on our own side, you know, with 20 yards to go for a touchdown. And we missed that opportunity to recover a fumble, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's the, the fans sort of, you know, give up on the team real quick and they get upset the next day. And trust me, I get upset too. I, I, I do. I get really upset, especially when you invest money and time and sacrifice things to be there at the game, you know. Um, but it, it's you're right. It's the present that we have to worry about. Let's worry about next week's game. Yeah. Um, we have to support the team regardless of who the quarterback is. You can't go out on the field without a quarterback. You got to have somebody taking the snap. You got to right. have somebody throwing the ball. Whoever it is, let's just support them. Let's just, let's root them on. I, I don't want to name a player's name, but 
these players sometimes read these comments from fans and it sometimes it discourages them. Sure. It, it, it's like, well, do we have the full support of them or do we not? You know? And it's like, Hey, the best 11 guys are taking the field. Let's support those 11 guys. Let's support the coaching staff. They're the pros. We're just fans. We're just, you know, we can be critical about it, but we have to give that support. And trust me, even Poncho gets heat about why are you wasting your money going to support these guys? You should give up on them, go on another team. And I'm like, no, man, I, I, I chose this team years ago and I'm a huge fan. I'm going to support them win or lose. You know, I, I look forward to every Sunday. I don't care about the record. I look forward to every Sunday watching the bills play. They're my team. Um, it's become a family event and I'm there to have a good time. You know, if anything, you, you watch the game with a few friends, you have a good time. You win, you lose sometimes, you know, you're not, you're not going to win them all. Um, take it week by week. I mean, what was it? The Dolphins, 1970 Dolphins were the last ones to go undefeated. Yeah, 72. You know, yep. The whole season. yep. You know how long ago that was? 1972, I mean, it's, it's man. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to win every Sunday. Yes, that's what we want as fans, but we're not going to win them all. I mean, it, you know, we're going to lose some and we as fans just have to be there 100% behind them and, you know, accept the, the coaching decisions and the ownership decisions and just keep rooting for them. Um, you know, it can be back and forth. And, uh, that's, that's my opinion. That's how I feel about that. Last question here, Poncho, then I'm gonna let you go. I know you got some things going on. You gotta get some rest, getting ready to travel to Indy soon. I saw a photo of you on yeah. Twitter garbed up in San Antonio Spurs gear. You're a Spurs guy too. Now I take it. What's <laughs> up with that? Yeah, man. Hey, I gotta have something to fall back on after the NFL yeah, season to cheer do. me up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, I've been a Spurs fan since 1996, uh, uh, right when they drafted Tim Duncan. Um, and, uh, you know, I was glad because that next year is when they won their first championship in 97. And, uh, man, I just happened to pick the right team, you know, and, yeah, I'm a huge Spurs fan. I again living in Dallas, San Antonio's not too far away. I try to make it to about one or two games down there a year. Uh when they come to play the Dallas Mavericks, I most definitely don't miss that game because it's just right down the street for me. Um but yeah, so I've got a a full get up, you know, um jersey, mask, uh, sombrero, some custom boots, pants, you name yeah, it. And look uh, pretty sharp, dude. The only the only thing I don't have is a poncho. I got called out on that today on social media <laughs> for not having a poncho. And I was like, you know what? I don't have a poncho for it. Um and I even uh oh my my good friend Michelle, she's like, You have a Elias name for it? And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a name for it. So uh but I mean I Bills is number one, Spurs is number two. Um, even even with the five championships that the Spurs have brought me joy with, you know, I mean, I'm still all Bills, Bills number one. Um, but yeah, I, I love watching the Spurs. I catch the games here and there. Uh, too many games to follow sometimes. I, I really pick up on the NBA at the second half after the All-Star break. Yeah. Um, cause you know, that's when it really picks up, you know, the, the players start taking it a little bit serious. I believe, you know, they're like, all right, we're in the playoff run now. Let's get serious. And, uh, but yeah, a huge Spurs fan. Um, a lot of people don't know my son's real name. His name is Ginobili, believe it or not. Oh, really? Um, Ginobili Castro. Yeah. We named our son after Manu Ginobili. Oh, wow. 
he goes by Gino. So, I mean, if, if there's any doubt, you're going to question my fanhood to the Spurs. I mean, my son's <laughs> name is Ginobili. Yeah, that'll end and, all uh, I. I, it's a funny story. I tried to sneak in for our second child. If it was a boy, I tried to actually sneak in um, Guillermo because Guillermo is William in Spanish and William is Bill. You know, so I really tried to sneak that in, but I ended up having a daughter, so it <laughs> wouldn't work out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So, uh, but yeah, huge Spurs fan. I love my Spurs. Uh, again, I, it's sort of like they're like the Bills. You know, rebuilding. We've obviously lost a lot of key players yeah. uh, the big three are gone and yeah father time caught uh, them yep yeah i think this is pops last year he's just not really saying it um you know uh, god bless his wife she, she passed last year and so i think he's probably ready to call it quits and just enjoy the rest of his life you know and uh, uh hopefully it doesn't happen but um yeah they're in a rebuilding year so it could be a, a long season for my spurs too but uh, man, if anyone's got any uh, Elias names that you know they think I could k- catch on with with the Spurs, you know, shoot them at me because uh, I, I don't have a name. Yeah, and Puncho Spurs doesn't sound good. No, you know? that don't work. It don't work. Yeah. So, but big Spurs fans. My girlfriend's a Spurs fan. Kids are Spurs fans, and uh, yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's sort of like a rebound from the Bills. Well, it was the last 17 years, you know, until we made the playoffs. So yeah. uh, it, it, they, they rebound for me in the, the sports world um, after football's done. So uh, go Spurs, go. <laughs> All right, my brother. Listen, you can follow Poncho on Twitter at PonchoBillia1. There's also a GoFundMe page set up to help support his ongoing fight with cancer at Poncho Power. All the best to you always, man. I can assure you everyone's praying for you. Hey, thank you so much. And honestly, that that's all I ask for is uh, keep me in your prayers. Um, you know, hey, I, I love all religions. If you go to a church and you're a good churchgoer, put me on your prayer list there. The more churches, the better. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep my family in your thoughts. And uh, um, as well as those that are battling the same thing I am. You know, there's there's other Bills fans that are in the same situation I am. Keep them in your thoughts, too, in your prayers. And, uh you know, we're one big family. So, uh, again, thank you to everybody for that. All right. That is going to do it for this Best of Volume 1. It was a great thrill to be able to have Pancho Billy on this podcast, not just once, but twice. I'll never forget that guy. Never, never, never. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. I'll be back with Volume 2 on Friday. Two icons that I interviewed on this show, I'm going to replay those. One is Adam Schefter, the other one Lee Steinberg. And then we'll be back to normal programming next week. In the meantime, have a good rest of this week. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.